Welcome to the Unleashed Youth Podcast. This week, we'll be hearing a message from Pastor Ashton Fish titled Called to Unity. If you'd like to get more information about what's coming up in the ministry, follow us on social media at Unleashed Youth or check out our church's website at www.tcotwsc.org. We hope you enjoy this week's message and God bless. All right. This year, there will be snow. I just talked to the camp director. She says there's going to be snow. It's going to snow this Sunday, and then it's going to snow on Wednesday, and it looks like more and more storms will be coming in. We are in the El Nino year. I know that because I live in Ventura, actually, right in downtown Ventura. Every, anybody ever been there, right in uh, downtown Ventura off of California? That's right where uh, my wife and I live. Tori and I have been married for five months. It's been awesome. Uh, she couldn't be here tonight because she's the youth pastor of our church. It's the River Community Church in Ventura. So she's actually preaching the same time that I am. So check that out. Go Jesus, right? <laughs> team, team Jesus and fish tonight. You know what I'm saying? So it's, uh, we're really excited for what God's doing in Ventura. And I love being back into youth ministry. That's really where my heart's been for since I was around 16, 17, leading a, a youth group at my dad's church. And now I'm working for the district and some of you may have figured out that I help run the camps and I go around to different youth groups and actually through kids all the way through college and serve in that way. Um, but tonight, I wanted to see who here, I have a question because I have a prize for you. Who has been radically changed at camp? I mean, like you would just say like, I have been like transformed. I've been changed. And you'd be bold enough to come up here and maybe share a little bit of your story. I mean, that's how awesome you've been rocked by Jesus. All right, all right. Shelly, all right, Shelly, I saw her. All right, Shelly, get up here. Shelly, I asked Pastor Brandon to give me a gift tonight. Um, he said, what do you like? I want to get you some snacks. And I was like, get me the Skittles, but just the green ones, because um, they're green apple. I was just joking, though. I was just messing with him. And I asked for some beef jerky, and he was awesome, and he gave me this. I want to give you this gift, and just, just a second, after you share what God did in your life up at camp, because I think that's the best way to talk about camp, so. So, um... At camp, God um, confirmed my calling. He gave me, I went up to camp with just, like, not confident in who I am. I had no, like, courage, no boldness. No, Like, I was just a really weak, timid person. I've been to camp, and Erica and some of the leaders can attest to this, where I would show up to camp, and I would say, I just want to go home. I would be in my cabin just bawling my eyes out, saying, I'm not good enough. I'm not a good leader. I don't deserve to be here. I'm just worth nothing. And in those times, God really showed up, and he totally um, rocked away that I view myself, how he sees me. He confirmed my calling. And not only that, um, at camp I, is where I started walking in my giftings, and the giftings the Holy Spirit has um, imparted to me, like healing, prophecy, and I started walking and realizing that, wow, like, God values me like I am important to his kingdom, and God really solidified um, my walk with him, and I've grown a lot, and I wouldn't be the person I am today if, if it weren't for the encounters I've had at Camp Cedar Fest. Well, quick, give it up for, stay up here just for a second. I want to give you these Skittles because, not just because I want you to taste the rainbow, but I want you to know that this rainbow represents the promise of God. You know what I'm saying? I mean, the promise of God that it really, it's about with Noah, right? That he wouldn't flood the earth, that he wouldn't destroy what God's done in you. 
is going to be carried on to completion. And I want you to take that promise with you. And if you want to, I don't know if I'm getting in trouble, but you can share some of the blessing if you want, some of the promise around youth group during that time. So give it up for Shelly, everybody. Come on. So that's what we're doing. We're going to be at called out camp. I believe you guys are going to be going to the first camp, February 19th. Or, my, or no, sorry, the second camp. So February 26th to the 28th, it's going to be called out winter camp. Before I get into preaching, I, Pastor Brandon, I mean, I'm just telling you, you guys got the best pastor around because he got me another gift. Can you believe this? Another gift. He, he gave me some, uh, some beef jerky. Does anybody like beef jerky in this room? Because tonight, before I give it out, I'm going to throw this out in a second. I want your permission. Can we get into some of the meat of God's word tonight? Will you go deeper tonight? All right? Will you guys go deep with God tonight? Who, who's saying yes? You'll do that. We're going to pray in just a second. I'm just going to throw this out right now. I'm just going to, I don't know where it's going to go. Okay, one right in the middle. You can go for it. Totally missed it. But before I start preaching, let's get into the, let's get into the spirit of prayer and into the God's words. So let's pray together before I get started because I, I want it to be him. So let's bow your heads and close your eyes. And again, let's commit to going deep tonight. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word and the power of your word. Lord, that your truth sets us free. And so tonight, in the name of Jesus, God, we proclaim that tonight would be a refreshing word that would change our hearts and, and begin to transform our lives. God, we thank you for your power of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, would you ignite this word tonight? Would you make it personal to every person that's from leader and student? God, we pray for the spirit of unity, the spirit of Jesus Christ to fall on this place tonight. And Lord, change our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Tonight, the title of my message is this, Called to Unity. Can you say that? Called to unity. I mean, can you say it? One, two, three. Called to unity. God is calling us to unity. So if you want to take notes, I believe actually we have um, some notes. Did you guys get those in a second? I have a handout. I don't know if, oh, Shelly's going to hand those to you in just a second. So you can take notes. So Shelly's just a lady tonight. I want to talk about unity because I believe that you are at a unique time in this youth group. But also, I believe that as we go into camp, the one thing that we are coming into is coming into unity. Would you guys agree? We're coming together with a bunch of different churches. Did you guys know that 69 churches are involved in camp? That at our winter camps, there's going to be 69 different churches that are going to come at camp. So there's going to be this, these people coming together. But also in this season, with Pastor Brandon coming on board and the new things God do, God's doing, I know that, that Brandon and, and the youth leaders, they're praying for a spirit of unity to be over this place right? You're praying for a new season that the unleashed is uniting to go to, a, to, to the next level that Jesus has for you. But here's the thing about unity. Unity's messy. Have you ever tried to glue and put two things together and seen it like kind of mess up in just a second? I mean, the glue didn't quite hold. You, you guys know what I'm talking about? I mean, when you're trying to bring something together, it's kind of it's messy and it's hard and it takes time. I remember when I first was a youth pastor at 19 years old, at the Highlands Christian Fellowship right in Palmdale. I came on in and I was coming in as the youth pastor. And I'm just gonna be straight up with you guys because I think you can handle it tonight. The youth pastor before me slept with one of the college age girls in the church and was let go. And so I came in at 19 years old into a youth group and the students didn't really know what happened because we were you know, just protecting them, what was going on in their life. Anyway, so I come to this youth group and they don't really like me. And the first thing I, because I took their, their beloved pastor's position and they didn't understand the details. You get what I'm saying? It was just like all of a sudden he left and, you know, things were rough. And so I come in and I'm just like, you know, trying to preach. I'm 19 years old and there's people that I went to high school in my youth group and now they call me pastor. 
hello. It's a little bit weird, right? You know, even for me, I'm like, wow, they're calling me pastor. Like, you were like a sophomore, you know, like a couple years ago. Um, And anyway, so the first assignment that I had was to go to camp. And you know that the Highlands is, it's a pretty big church, right? So I think the guys group that went, we had 40 students that went. I mean, that took up like a full cabin plus some of guys. And so we're in our cabin, and no one's listening to me. I mean, there's no unity. They're like, kind of like, oh, who don't listen to Pastor Ash? And that guy doesn't know what he's talking about. We want Pastor Blank back, and blah, blah, blah. And there's all this disunity. And I remember the Holy Spirit was like, just get your guitar and start worshiping. I mean, it was a random time. Service had already been done. We already did our cabin time. You know what I mean? There was no obligation. It was just go to bed. But I just remember getting on my guitar, and I started singing, the enemy has been defeated. You guys know the song? And death couldn't hold you down. I'm going to lift my voice in victory. I'm going to make your praises loud. I mean, I'm worshiping, right? And they're all kind of like, man, that guy is weird. Like, confirmed. You know what I mean? Like, he is weird. But I just kept, I mean, I was just like, shout out to God with a voice. And I'm just going for it, right? I'm worshiping. I'm getting crazy. And then all of a sudden, a student kind of joins in with me. He's like, yeah, I'm going to shout. You know, I'm going to worship. Like, Satan is defeated. And so all of a sudden, like, another person comes over. And then now it's five guys now it's six guys now it's seven guys now it's ten you know it which is growing now it's the whole cabin pretty much except for a few other dudes we're worshiping together and now because we're guys and girls this is just an insight to guys cabins our shirts start to come off I mean we're getting like it's getting sweaty and you know and we're like jumping up and down and it's getting like crazy in there and but we still see some other youth on the side like just kind of sitting there kind of like look at the stupid Christian kids you know what I mean like the stupid Christian kids. And there was this one student, and he especially didn't like me because every week he'd ride by and slam me with a skateboard. You know, like how you can just like flip your skateboard off and hit somebody's ankle? Anybody ever experienced this before? It hurts, okay? I mean, every week, like, I'd have to like dodge a skateboard, like coming into youth group, you know what I mean? And uh, this kid had broken his ankle. Uh, before camp, and so he was in a cast, and so I look at the guys, we're full of faith, the Holy Spirit's moving, there's some unity happening in the room, and I go, God wants to heal Austin right now, and Austin looks at us and goes, guys, I'm not coming over there, but then guess what? There was some unity going on here. God was doing, there was other students like, hey, no, God wants to heal you. Now it's not just me. We were all flowing together in the Holy Spirit, and so Austin comes up here. We start praying for Austin, and literally, we hear after about two minutes of prayer, this big <laughs> crack noise. And I mean, we're all like, did you hear that? I mean, I think Austin just got healed, you know? And we're all like, and Austin's like, yeah, my leg doesn't feel like I'm putting pressure on it now and it still feels like, it feels good, you know? And, and we're like, wow, you know, let's, this is crazy. And the one kid goes, well, I have a knife. Let's cut the cast off. And I looked at him and I went, you're not supposed to bring knives to Cedar Crest, okay? This is, I mean, a slight little thing. No illegal stuff, right? It's one of the big five. But I said, praise God, get the saw thing off your, you know, Swiss Army knife. And we sawed that thing off for about five or ten minutes. And then Austin, literally, he gets off the cast off, and he starts to take a few steps and put it on it. And then all of a sudden, he starts doing this, he's real, he's real. And he like, I mean, it was crazy. Like, it was this miracle, Austin jumping up and down. And then the other two or three guys that were in the bunk bed that weren't joining us, all of a sudden come up to the front, they get on their knees, and they're like, I need Jesus. And I mean, like, the whole cabin begins to have revival because we came together in unity. Come on, you can give it up for God. That's pretty awesome. (laughs) I want to talk about unity because unity is one of the most important things that, that I can talk about, and that's what we're going to talk about tonight. There's, here's five things that I know about unity. Number one, 
The enemy, the number one enemy of unity is selfishness and division. Why don't we like to come together? Because we like to do our own thing. We like things how they once were, not how they are now. We want to go our own way, and we don't want to go in a certain direction, right? We don't want to align ourselves together. God is calling us to be a people that's united on the same mission that's following Jesus together. Amen? That's what he's called us to do. Second thing about unity, unity has the power to change the world. Do you guys remember the Tower of Babel or Babel, however you want to say it? The Tower of Babel, literally God had to confuse man's languages because he said literally nothing would be impossible for them. And so he confused their languages because unity has the power to create and change the world. Third thing, God blesses unity. Psalms 133 is a whole Psalms about unity. Literally, God says that unity is good and pleasant to God. The fourth thing is, I don't know if you guys know this, but the word university means this, unity in diversity. Every university has all of these different majors, right? These different courses of study, but yet they all come together under education and and higher education and wanting to go to a goal of a better world. That's pretty much what all mission statements of universities are. But we also see this in 1 Corinthians 12, 12, the body metaphor, right? We are the what of Christ. I can't hear you. We are the what of Christ. We are the body of Christ, and Jesus is our head. We're supposed to be functioning in in unity, and it's so cool to see here at Unleashed, there's all these different ministries and people getting involved and people doing stuff in the back and over on the front and over on the side. You're being the body together. Continue to do that. Five, unity brings protection a production and power to a group. Unity brings protection, production, and power to a group. Anybody ever remember a Jack Johnson? Is that like totally like way old for you? Anybody know a Jack Johnson? Maybe, okay, maybe I'm not that old. But you know, he sings, we're so much better when we're together, right? You know what I mean? Like, that's my jam right there. I love, I love that song. Ecclesiastes says two are better than what? Then one, God wants us to come together in unity. We're better when we're together because we have protection, because we have production, and because we have power. Here's a quick clip to kind of uh, unify with what I'm saying tonight. So check out the screen, and I think they have it ready. And that's it. Unity, in unity, there is strength. Would you guys agree? Side note, I went to SeaWorld. Anybody like SeaWorld? 
And it was really cool. I answered the question right during the penguin exhibit, and my family got to go back and meet penguins, like touch them for, in real life. It was awesome. Just saying, penguins, they feel like um, tires, like a rubber tire. It's kind of, it's a trip. So that's just a random uh, fact right there. First Peter 5.8, your next scripture that I want you guys to focus on for a second is this. Stay alert, watch out for the great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. See, the thing is, the enemy of your soul, Satan, right? We believe just like there is the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, there's God, there's good. But guess what that means? If there's good, that means there also has to be what? bad. There has to be evil. There has to be Satan and his powers and principalities and the demons and the dark forces. He's looking for people who aren't united. He's looking for people who aren't joined together in the community and body of Christ because like those videos you saw with one one crab, guess what's going to happen? The seagull was going to get him. One ant, the anteater was going to easily get him. What one penguin and man, Shamu was going to have a nice feast. You know what I'm saying? Like, you see the video, you know what's going to happen. When they came together, there was power, there was protection, there was provision. And that's what we have. You know, it's interesting about this generation, this next generation, your generation. They're saying that this generation is leaving the church. Can I tell you that a lot of people that I hear that are young, they're going, I don't know if I need church. I don't know if I need youth group. I got this going on, and I got sports going on, and I got this academic thing going on. But can I tell you, this generation, this time, we need to come together. We need the church. We need strong youth groups. We need to keep meeting together. We need to keep growing. This is a priority because we're better when we're what? Together. There's strength. There's power. There's provision. You guys are where you need to be tonight, and guess what? There's some empty seats in here, and there's some more room in this, in this room. That, that, that There's some chairs that could go out. There's other students that need this. They need community because they're lost, and they're alone, and the devil is prying around, and he's shredding them. To, to, he's just shredding them up. And we are the body of Christ. We're the ones that are bringing hope, amen? We're the ones that are saying, hey, no, you don't have to be out there by yourself. There is meaning to life. You do matter. You do belong. I want to give you guys our main scripture tonight, and it's in John 17. Because it's interesting, in John 17, Jesus, here's the context. Jesus is just about to be betrayed by Judas the Iscariot in the Garden of Gethsemane. Literally, Jesus had walked out of his ministry for three years. He's walked with disciples. He's raised the dead. He's healed people. He's basically shown he is the son of God. And the religious leaders of this time convinced Judas, one of his disciples, to betray him. And so Jesus' last moments, guess what he was doing? In Jesus' last moments as a free man, guess what the one thing he was doing? He was praying. Prayer is important. He was praying. I mean, think about it. Of all the things Jesus could have done, the last few moments before he was going to be betrayed, then tried, and then crucified for our sin, what would be the one thing you do? He was praying for us. In the context, actually, he was praying for his disciples, but then guess what? He's praying for the future believers. Say, Jesus was praying for me. Say that. Jesus was praying for me. This is Jesus' prayer. And it's interesting what Jesus' last prayer before he would be crucified was for you and for me. John 17, verse 20. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. Do you understand now? That's, he's, he's talking to you because you believed in the message, right? 
So he's talking to you. Jesus is talking to you. That all of them may be, can you say one? Be one. Father, just as you in me and I in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe. Can you guys say believe? Can you underline believe in your notes or in your Bible or wherever that you have sent me? I have given them the glory that you gave me. He's given us the glory. That they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me. So that they may be brought to, what's that say there? Complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. I want to go through four quick things and then we're going to worship and respond to God and his word. The first thing is, is this, unity makes people believe. Unity makes people believe. Jesus says this, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Jesus was in such perfect unity with God that people realized that he really was the son of God and then they believed in the message of Jesus. I remember when I was youth pastoring at one of my last youth groups and there was a girl that came in and actually her mom brought her into my office and the mom said, hey, I'm just gonna be straight up with you. My daughter got caught selling drugs at school. She needs community service hours. Will you take her? Nobody else will take her because of how serious her offense was. I mean, at this point... (laughs) I'm going, okay, well, let's talk about the offense. We talked about the offense, but I was like, hey, we should be the church and bring her in. You know what I mean? Like, we'll, we'll, we'll figure this out. So I had some leaders watch over her and really be with her in youth group. And my assignment for her was to open up the door with another leader and pass out the notes, just like the notes that you have right now to people. And then literally when I was preaching to write everything that I was saying down and do the fill in the blanks. Do you guys see what I was trying to do here? <laughs> you're, on, you're on to my strategy. I was like, all right, we're going to give her Jesus. She's going to serve, but she's going to get Jesus, right? And so... At the end of service, I came up to her, and I said, hey, I I noticed that, like, you were really, like, responsive in the message, and actually, when I did the altar call, you said you wanted to accept Jesus into your heart. I'm, like, I'm so excited about that. What, tell me about this, because, I mean, is this your first time in a church, and I'm just going to say her name is Anne. That's not her name, but Anne goes, Ashton, this is the first time I've ever stepped foot into a church. I've done some really bad things, and this is the last place that I'd ever be. The only reason why I'm here is because I needed community service hours. But she said, tonight, it was really weird. During worship, like, I saw the band was so into it. Like, they were, like, singing up like someone was there. And then she was like, but then it was really weird. I saw people my age that were just, like, standing in the altar, standing up in the front, and they were worshiping. And it was, like, it was, it was just really awkward because it was like they were worshiping the wall, <laughs> I mean, have you ever thought about that? What if someone came in and didn't know about church? I mean, they're like, wow, that's, that's interesting. They're all kind of in the front, and they're pointing towards the wall or the band or something, you know? And she's like, but, it, but I realized during the message that they, they were encountering a real God. They're, the unit, The presence of God was here. And so when you said Jesus loved me, I wanted to believe. Could we be a church, could you be a youth group that when somebody comes here, they see the presence of God and they start believing in who Jesus is? Because I'll tell you this, the first sign of unity, what Jesus says, is that when we're united with God and we're united with Christ, others will believe. The second thing is this, unity brings the glory of God, the glory of God. John 17, 22, I have given them the glory that you gave me that they may also be one as we are one. 
This word glory in the Greek actually means heavenly perspective. You guys want to write that in there. This, this type of glory means a heavenly perspective. If you think about it, that, that the glory of God, I mean, how could Jesus, just think about this, how could Jesus, a person who never sinned, walk the planet, walk earth, walk around and die for a bunch of people that rejected him at the end? Have you ever thought about this? Like, how could Jesus, like, do it? Because I don't know about you, if I was sent on a mission and everybody, like, hated me and, like, was killing me, I think I might back out. You know what I mean? I think I might step back and go, you know, maybe, God, maybe you were wrong. You know, maybe, God, I don't see all the results. I don't see, in this physical world, I'm not seeing what I want to see. But can I tell you, Jesus had a heavenly perspective. Jesus saw not just with his eyes, but he saw in the spiritual realm. And he saw that the Holy Spirit was up to something. He saw that God's Spirit was up to something. He looked at the cross, and yes, it was agonizing because that's where he died, but he looked at the cross as a doorway for humanity to come through. He saw a heavenly perspective that was so beyond what he saw in this physical realm that literally it would transform the world. Do you have the glory of God, that heavenly perspective? Are you looking in the present? Are you caught up by your circumstances? Are you caught up by because you don't have the results? Man, our generation on, on Instagram, I'm just annoyed by it. Because I see everybody like in front of the mirror half naked. Like, I have gone to the gym for three weeks now. You know what I mean? Like, look at me now in my body. And it's like, oh gosh, it's all about results, huh? It's all about this. No. Yeah, I'm about fitness too. <laughs> After I got married, I think I'm... Me and the wife got some gym passes, you know what I mean? I mean, yeah, I got to get back. I'm getting three meals a day now, you know? But thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, for a good wife. I'm about fitness, but it's not all about what we see here. There's something beyond. Do you guys feel it tonight? Do you attest to it? your spirit? Is it awake right now? As we were talking about wake within me, is something waking up in you? I remember I was at camp. And this story is really personal. I was at camp. It was, uh, it was two years ago. And there was a boy in the altar, and I didn't know who he was. And after worship, actually, I think Johnny, John Stratton, I know some Stratton boys are in here. John Stratton was leading worship, and, and I love John Stratton because he just keeps worshiping. You know what I mean? That guy just keeps going, and he'll just go for hours. Yeah, all right. And worship was just going, and I love John, and I just love what Jesus was doing in that moment. And there was one little boy. I mean, everybody had cleared out. You guys know what I'm talking about at camp, like when the extended worship goes, but then like it's kind of that awkward trickle. You know what I mean? Like, you're like, should we stay? Should I stay or should I go? I mean, it's like kind of that like songs playing in your head, you know? And anyway, so, but he's just like there. And I mean, at this point, it's like John's even gone. You know what I mean? Like John left the room and this little boy, I mean, he's worshiping God. And I mean, at this point, I was like, you know what, guys? People are like, well, we're just gonna force him right now to get up. And I'm like, no, I wanna go talk to him. And I go down, to, you know, kind of go on, on, the, on my knees, and I'm like, dude, what's, what's going on? You know, like, what's, what's happening? He's like, Ashton, I see angels. The angels are here. And I'm going, I, I don't see angels. You know, like, where are the angels? It's like, I see dead people. You know what I mean? It was like that moment of just like, okay, I'm weirded out. Like, but at the same time, this is cool because I believe, like, there's angels, you know? He's like, Ashton, they're singing. An angel's coming right now, and he's talking to me. 
He has a message for you. Ashton, your dad's okay. He's proud of you. He knows that God has a plan and purpose for your life. Keep going, Ashton. My dad had just died of cancer. He was my mentor. He was my pastor. And it broke my heart. But at that camp, I was barely hanging on because us leaders struggle too. Right? We're just humans just like you. (laughs) Somebody's obviously saying amen to that one. (laughs) Sorry if it was me. on behalf of all the leaders. But he had a heavenly perspective. And the glory of God was shining through this little boy. And I began to go, Jesus, I want to see like that. I want to be in such unity with the Holy Spirit that I see what you're doing, that I'm a part of your kingdom that's beyond this world. When was the last time you experienced that glory? Because I'll tell you right now, it's happening. Do you feel it? The third thing is this. Complete unity is what Jesus desires. Complete unity is what Jesus desires. John 17, 23. I in them and you in me so that they may be brought to complete unity. God wants us whole. He doesn't want us fragmented. I was just talking to Jackson a few minutes ago, and he decided to fast social media. And it was funny, he put like the X emoji next to his apps, so like not to even go in or enter it. And I was like, dude, how you feel? He's like, man, I'm just not like, addicted. I'm not going to, sorry, Jackson, if I'm telling your story, wherever you're at. But I was just like, man, that's somebody, he's not like caught up in all of these different realities. That's awesome. And even it kind of inspired me, because I'll be, I'll be real, I'll be the first one to raise my hand, I'm a little too much on my phone. Anybody else here that you're a little too much, like in the other cyberspace and not in reality? Are you a complete person, or are you two persons? Are you three persons? Are you this person on Instagram? Are you this person on Facebook? Are you this person at school? And are you this person at youth group? God desires, Jesus wants you whole. He wants you authentic. He wants you honest and he wants you real. But guess what? That's going to be sticky because unity is sticky. It's hard. It's hard to bring it together. But guess what? When it's stuck and you put the work and you put the time into it, you're going to go, heck yeah, I'm one with God. I can boldly be myself at school that I am at youth group. I can boldly be myself on Instagram and stop shooting those pictures off. You know what I'm talking about, the half-naked pictures saying that you lost about 10 pounds or whatever. Like, please, no one wants to see that. And you can be real because Jesus desires us to be in complete unity with him but also in ourselves. The last thing I want to share with you and then we're going to have the worship team come up in just a second. Unity shows the ultimate sign of God. What is the ultimate sign of God? I can't hear you. Love. Yes, love. 
Interesting, let's look in John 17, 23. Then the, then the world will know that you sent me and, what's that say? Have, what does it say? Loved them as you have loved me. If you can underline right now, have loved. Just say, have loved, it's in your app or wherever on, on the notes. That you have sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Notice that loved is in the past what does that mean? That means that literally he's saying God so loved the world that what? He sent his son Jesus for us. But it's not a matter of does God love you? He already showed his love on the cross. Amen? His ultimate sign is Jesus' love on the cross for you. Do you feel that love tonight? When we were singing that song, was it just 30th time you've heard how he loved us in church. I mean, let's be real. Or was it really an experience with God, a unifying experience that said, you know what? No matter what, if the worship team was good or bad, which you guys were good, you guys are good, but it's not about that. It's about uniting with God's love and about knowing that your identity is in Jesus Christ and that he loves you and that he's pleased with you. Do you have that perspective? Do you know that your God, that your father loves you? Do you know that he's pleased with you tonight? Did you know that he's there for you tonight? That his presence is here? That he never leaves you or forsakes you? Do you understand that God is present and that he sees you through his Holy Spirit? I want to tell you one story and then we'll close. Has anybody ever heard the story of Lou Little, the football coach? Might be new to you. I love this story. I think I have a sign of it. This is a Lou Little um, Lou was a, uh, a football coach. And I don't know about you, I'm excited for the playoffs. Anybody else excited for the playoffs? It's going to be pretty cool. I'm a football fan. But we're like back into Jesus, back into Jesus. Lou was a famous football coach in the early 1900s and actually throughout the 1900s. And he tells about his favorite player. He tells it in an interview, and it's a great story. So listen up real quick. I just need your attention for just a little bit longer. He tells about his favorite football player, and he said he was a safety you guys know what a safety is? This is the last line of defense, right? Football players, I mean, this is the, it's you. You're the last one. Like, you need to get the offensive member that's coming. And this guy was a third stringer. Now, who knows that the third stringer is not the best player on the team, right? I mean, this is like, you're not the backup. <laughs> and you're not just the backup. <laughs> like, if the second player gets knocked out, then you go in, right? I mean, you're the kind of the, the, the player on the team and I've been the third stringer before. You're just like, dang it. You know, I'm just looking forward to my Capri Sun and my orange slices at the end of the game. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're just like, I'm ready for it. But anyway, so he was playing college ball. And this third stringer, his, his father died. And so he asked for two weeks off. He goes, I need to go away from the team coach. I have two weeks. I need to, to bury my father. And when he came back, he went up to his coach and he said, hey, you know, this is the third stringer. He goes, hey, I need to play in the game. He's like, dude, you're out of shape. You've been gone for two weeks. Have you even run? No, I haven't. But coach, trust me, like put me in. I mean, there was like fire in his eyes. I need to play today. Put me in. Put me past the starter. He'll understand. My dad died. Come on. And he gets on. He gets on the team. And literally that day, not a single point was scored from the opposition of that team. He stopped every play with the unity of his back defensive team members and at the end of the game Lou comes up and goes hey what's going on this isn't the 
the guy I know. I mean, you're the third stringer safety. I mean, what happened? And he goes, well, I don't know if you saw my dad come to the games, coach. And he goes, yeah, I, I saw your dad, you know. You guys would walk around real slowly like this. They would walk around real slow, and he would hold his dad real closely, and they'd circle the stadium. And he says, yeah, I saw you do that. He goes, well, I was telling my dad what everything, you know, looked like, and I was explaining the game to him. And, and coach, my dad was blind. And this is the first day that he was going to see me play. So I played my heart out. I gave my all because I knew my father was watching. I knew that he'd be proud of me. I knew that he was rooting for me. Do you understand that your heavenly father sees you? That he's rooting for you? And that with him and the unity with him, anything is possible. Unleashed, it's a new season for you. Would you come together in unity? Would you unite together to start to transform the Santa Clarita Valley and area? Would it stop just being about the physical things that you can see? And would you start looking in with your kingdom eyes, as I would like to say? Would you believe that God is doing something greater? With that, I want us to close. And, and, and really, I have nothing planned, just so you know. I don't have any question or anything. But can we just take a moment to respond to the word of God? Can you put things away? You know, put your notes aside. Put your cell phone aside. Stop talking to the person next to you. Whatever's going on, can you just take a moment right now? And I want us just to digest. Take a moment. And even myself, I'm going to be quiet and just listen for a second. Can you just listen? What is the Holy Spirit saying to you? Thank you for joining us on this week's podcast. We pray that it spoke to you. If you'd like to keep up with us on social media, follow us at Unleashed Youth on Twitter and Instagram. Again, have an amazing week. And remember, you belong. We believe for God to bring breakthrough in your life and watch as you become more and more like him.